What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 65, and today we're going to be talking our usual NXT and NXT UK recaps. We've also got a special guest on the line with us today who's going to be talking about his experience from last weekend. Uh, it was a bit of a mental weekend for wrestling fans with Rev Pro, their Summer Sizzler show on Friday. Uh, you had Royal Quest on Saturday night, along with AEW's All Out, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, uh, and so much wrestling content, especially Especially if you live in the UK, uh, shows you can uh, see in person, uh, whereas usually all the special content is over in America, having to catch up at funny hours of the morning. But uh, we were lucky enough to have some really good shows from some excellent promotions over here in the UK. So we're going to be catching up with our guest host very soon about all of that. But before we do... Just to throw out our usual plugs, as we like to every single week, you can contact us on Twitter. Reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at withjohnners underscore pod. Of course, we're on Instagram, so go and follow us there. Instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Jonas and go out and search our ever popular, ever interactive Facebook community page. Just search for Wrestling with Jonas. And of course, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit like, hit subscribe, share and shout about the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. It's the only podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK uh, weekly recaps. We also do the WWE pay-per-views, AEW pay-per-views. And of course, uh, we'll probably be touching on the AEW weekly show when that launches on the 2nd of October. Um, So please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast. So without further ado, I've got the uh, the honour of introducing our guest host. Now, the last time we spoke to this guest host was episode 50, which was our special uh, Ask Jonna's Q&A special. So I want to welcome Dan Grantham back to the podcast. Dan, thanks for joining us today. I know that you've got a, a busy schedule. You've been able to squeeze us in, but uh, great to have you back on board, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, Jonas. How are you getting on, pal? Are you doing all right? Really good, really good. Just uh, recovered from the, the busy weekend that we all experienced. And uh, just speaking to you off air, it sounds like you had as busy a weekend as anybody, to be honest with you. And I mentioned about a lot of the top promotions being over here in the UK. You were lucky enough to go to Rev Pro's Summer Sizzler show on Friday and Royal Quest from New Japan on the Saturday. And you've caught up with AEW and NXT UK. But uh, um, yeah, if you don't mind, let, let's have a, a bit of a catch up with yourself and some of your experiences from last week. Ken Rev Pro, the Summer Sizzler. So uh, I know a few people that went to that show uh, had a, a pretty stacked card with kind of the best of the UK independent talent and a lot of New Japan uh, talent as well coming over. They've got a good association with Rev Pro, of course. But uh, what were some of the the matches or some of the standout moments from Summer Sizzler that caught your eye? It's a pretty stacked card. Um, it has got fairly mixed reviews online, though, as far as some of the matches not quite ending uh, in in the sort of fashion that you would expect from a Rev Pro New Japan um, combination. Um, but uh, like I say, what was your experience and what were some of the standout moments? Yeah, well, the uh, I think the first thing, John, is, is the atmosphere was banging. It was absolutely packed. I think there was probably just over a thousand people kind of squeezed into York Hall. So yeah. um, if you've not been to York Hall before, um, like how close you are and the way it's kind of a real bowl of an atmosphere the old balconies a real kind of ecw bingo hall feel to it the atmosphere was off the charts um in terms of the action the the standout for me was the uh, elp michael oku match um i was lucky enough to kind of squeak in front row for that um nearly ended up wearing a couple of the guys on a couple of occasions um, you posted really, uh, posted a clip online, didn't you, of a of a kind of a flip over the uh, over the top rope from one of the wrestlers that nearly landed in your lap? <laughs> yeah, Mike Loco nearly had a, he had a good go at trying to jump over the barrier at me. 
we had to look a bit sharp and uh, and retreat. Um, so that was a real treat. Um, and I think I think the mixed reviews were probably around the main event. I mean, personally, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was an epic. They did kind of pull out all the stops. Um, and as you can imagine, in a kind of career versus control of Rev Pro match, we had all the fun and games, all the interferences. We had ref bumps left, right and centre. And I think we could at least cut through three referees. Um, for me, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great finish. I know uh, a few of the guys online have reacted differently, but um, for me, really enjoyable. Um, and the other standout match for me was the, uh, the six-way scramble. Um, no one was announced before it, so it was a complete surprise to see who came through the curtains. Uh, but we had Sonada, uh, we had Hikulio, and Mr. Mike Bailey, who I'm looking forward to seeing in Sheffield this weekend. Uh, Robbie Eagles, Rocky Romero, and Sense Volto. And as you can imagine, those six contrasting styles uh, in the Rev Pro ring, bouncing all around every edge of York Hall, was a complete riot. Yeah, I've heard that that match was a particular standout of the night. And uh, one match that I'm particularly jealous that I wasn't able to witness in person was Suzuki Gun, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tenahashi and uh, Okada. So uh, tell us about your experience of uh, witnessing, well, four standout uh, world beaters in the ring all at the same time. I've not had the pleasure of witnessing any of these four. Unfortunately, really want to see Zack Sabre in the ring in the flesh and uh, especially Okada. Uh, was it your first experience of these individuals, Okada especially? Um, so, yeah, I've not seen the, uh, the Japanese guys. I've not seen Suzuki before and I've not seen Okada. Um, I'd seen Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, and kind of like Progress and Rev Pro before. Um, yeah. But the kind of the big setup kind of the pre-show almost to Rev Pro was the um, Suzuki and uh, Akada kind of contract signing in the ring. So we had the usual fun and games with the gesticulating and the tables and the chairs out and every one of the Rev Pro roster trying to pull the guys off each other as a kind of precursor to the New Japan show coming up the next night. Um, it was a solid, solid tag team match. Um, pretty spectacular, but having just come off the back of the Red Hot ELP Oku match, um, I think everyone was probably a bit, the crowd were probably a little bit tired um, and it wasn't quite as hot as those matches and I think everyone was kind of maybe just taking that time to grab a beer and top up before the Osprey Star main event. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, you saw Okada for the first time on Friday night, but then you got to see him a second time the following night on Saturday evening, uh, the Copper Box in London. Um, and uh, it was New Japan's Royal Quest. Uh, so there were eight matches altogether. Um, any standout moments or matches uh, that uh, that you remember fondly from Saturday Night at Royal Quest, Dan? Yeah, it was a, it was a real kind of show of two halves, uh, Jonas. Um, the kind of first half of the show was um, it was good fun. It was good matches. They were all pretty similar to to some extent. Is it all featured various members of Bullet Club tangling with the New Japan guys um, and a few of the Chaos guys. Um, I think the crowd really came to life with the uh, Eagles Offspray versus ELP and Ishimori match. Yeah. That's the one that really kind of got everyone going. And I think there's 7,500 people. It was a sellout in the Copper Box, kind of squeezed in there. Um, and again, yeah. it's seen the Olympics when the boxing was on there. It, it holds the atmosphere brilliantly. Um I think for me, I really enjoyed the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Aussie Open uh, tag match. Um, there's some really fun spots in there and obviously good to see kind of one of our kind of 
um, British independent staples, I guess, in Aussie Open, tangling with the best of, uh, of New Japan. Um, and for something a little bit different, we had Kenta versus Ishii for the um, uh, for their kind of never open weight championship. Uh, and that was yeah. a complete contrast into all the high flying kind of tag high spot matches we'd had earlier in the evening. That was a much more kind of psychological base match, a lot more hard hitting. Um, and but you saw a title change there as well, Dan. So we uh, Kenta is the new never open weight champion. Yeah. So something quite special to happen uh, on foreign soil, you could say. Yeah, because I've kind of lost Ken, kind of lost track of Kenta since his NXT days and kind of drifting off from the WE. So um, yeah, I think anytime you see a title change in a country which not is the uh, kind of indigenous with the promotion, that's always uh, somewhat of a surprise. Yeah, and uh, there was another title change, wasn't there? Because uh, Tanahashi uh, took the British Heavyweight uh, Championship, which I think is the main Rev Pro title, away from Zack Sabre Jr. Um, so tell us a, a bit about that match as well, Dan. Yeah, and I think that really kind of, that, that was a genuine shock. There was a, a, a bit of a hush and kind of aura over the um, over the copper box when that um, result came through. Um, and again, the guys put a really solid effort in really tore it down. We'd been teased it the night before in the tag match. Um, and yeah, it's played out beautifully. Like Tanahashi, the, uh, unusually for kind of being in Britain, he was the big face and the big guy the crowd were behind. And Zach Zaber Jr., despite being on home soil, was portrayed as quite the heelish villain. And then the main event. So uh, I'm sure these two have wrestled many times before New Japan, but certainly quite a unique main event uh, for a British crowd. Uh, you had... Uh, Okada versus Minoru Suzuki. So, um, yeah, two very contrasting styles with Suzuki kind of having the reputation as being a bit of a bit of a hard man, bit of a loose cannon. And then, of course, you got uh, Okada, Dave Meltzer's favourite uh, wrestler, of course. But uh, tell us of your example, your, your experience of this. It was for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, of course, and it capped off, uh, looks like, a very eventful evening in the Copper Box. Yeah, and this was uh, this was a real contrast in styles. Also, you had a Carter who's got like all the flair, all the gear, the kind of Ric Flair robes, and his hair's done to the nines. And then you've got the real stripped down, black boots, black trunks, Suzuki with his kind of ECW Taz persona coming down to a ring, just a towel around his head, um, and genuine that look in his eyes like he could rip your arms off. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're really kind of um, the whole match kind of played around. Obviously, Suzuki was trying to slow it down. He was going in the punches and the hard hitting while Okada was dodging and diving and pulling off the big high spots. Um, it was an epic. It was an, it went on a long, long time. But 33 minutes really I've messy. got down here. 33 minutes. So, yeah, it was yeah. an epic. After after all the matches early doors, was it was quite a sh um, an early start in the Copper Box, which I think caught a few people off guard with, with the show starting so early at six. Um, and the kind of main event was on by kind of half past eight. So it really kind of flown through at pace, but then this match really kind of brought it down. Again, more psychological to it, the slow pace of Suzuki, um, a card with all his flair and moves. Um, and I thought they played it out beautifully. And all along, it was the kind of case you thought, is Suzuki, are we going to have a third title change? Are we going to have a shot? But a card came through. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I'm very jealous. I do want to see... Okada in the flesh. I'd love to see him one day. And being as he's a, uh, looks like freely coming over to the UK a bit more frequently, it would appear a bit more frequently. It would appear. Um, hopefully, I get my chance to see him sooner. Uh, his entrance apparently is, is kind of out of this world, and certainly for what I've witnessed um, on New Japan World, he, he, he does have one of the best, one of the most. Uh, 
uh, electrifying entrances um, in the world. So yeah, can't wait to catch him yeah. one day. But his entrances um, make like make like Triple H's WrestleMania entrances look like a, a really small fry. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, he is the real deal. Uh, so fantastic. Two shows covered there, Dan. Well done. But then you, you got back on Saturday night, switched on the TV um, and you were watching uh, All Out. Oh, so, we uh, just, going, just, just, we, Yeah, it kept we going. <laughs> so we went straight from the copper box, jumped on the underground and whizzed across to Victoria. Um, where the good people at um, Victoria Bar and Grill were putting on an all night AEW party. Um, so there's probably two, maybe 300 people kind of, uh, not quite packed in. Everyone had got a seat. I think they've kind of done the ticketing quite sensibly, but yeah, we had a full house ready for a AEW all nighter. Yeah. And what was your impression of that show? We know, like I say, don't want to run down every single match because we've uh, got the review show, of course, with Chris Thornton in the archives. Um, but so uh, what was your kind of general impression of, of that show and, Where's your where's your head at at the moment regarding AEW? I mean, we've spoken about AEW before, um, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of now that they're two pay per views in, they've had a couple of smaller shows as well. Um, they've obviously got their weekly TV show uh, just a, a month or so down the line on TNT, and uh, they've announced another pay per view as well, which I think is going to be called Full Gear for uh, middle of November. But uh, having witnessed all out. Uh, kind of, are you still on the hype train regarding AEW, or where's your where's your head at currently? Yeah, I'm, I'm all over it, John. Is get me on that hype train. I'm kind of like ringing the bell, and uh, all, all stations <laughs> go. Um, Good. I mean, even despite that Rev Pro show, and then spending a few hours in the copper box, it was like we were pumped up for AEW, as was everyone else. And um, some good surprises on the card. Uh, I think the pack getting the win over Omega was a was a really good high spot. Um, and then things of just the Jericho, the whole, the bubbly, the bubbly has yeah. kicked off this week. He seems <laughs> to have redefined himself the, yet again. He's really reinvented himself, well, loads of times over the years in, in nearly a 30-year career. And I think that, uh, as I mentioned on the Facebook community page last night, his current persona, Le Champion, um, and his, his bubbly, it's just it's just reinvented himself again. And uh, like I say, perfect timing with him obviously winning uh, the bouts, the AEW World Championship at the end of All Out. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never been the, the biggest fan of, of Chris Jericho. Something has never really clicked between me and, and, and Chris Jericho, the character. But I'm all over it. I, I love this persona. I love this gimmick. Um, and uh, I think he's not only the best heel, but possibly the, the best wrestler or possibly the most over character in the business at the moment. But uh, you're obviously all over it as well. You're loving uh, a bit of uh, the bubbly and Le Champion. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Jericho. And um, I think I particularly just like the kind of different variety on the AEW show from yeah. the kind of ridiculous, um, the high spots of the kind of, it was almost a death match, wasn't it? The kind of Janela Havoc, Allen match um and then we had the unbelievable chaos of the lucha uh, lucha brothers and the young bucks um and and even some kind of more i like the tag team wrestler there i think we've got a really stag tag team um uh division so seeing the guys like the private parties and then we saw angelico and jack green kind of take the heel turn as well so um, it's bubbling up nicely, and then I don't know when we're going to sleep, Jonas, because Wednesday nights are out the bag now with NXT <laughs> and AEW. So, exactly, not because we're going to get any work done. 
<laughs> it, it, it is and uh yes yeah, just trying to get my head around kind of how i'm going to do the reviews because um I, th- I think it's not airing until the following day on uh nxt or at least i think they're doing hour one exclusively on the usa network hour two on the wednesday night on uh, the wwe network and then the full two hours on the network on the thursday so uh yeah that'll be interesting but uh let's talk about um Another show, the, the final show of the four that took place last weekend, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. So I've already done a full review with uh, David Anderson and Matt Bayless, of course, which is in the archives. Go ahead and listen to that if you want our take on uh, kind of the show from Cardiff. Um, but I'd love your kind of take on it as well, Dan. Um, you know, Dave Meltzer has come out with these ratings. He's given uh, two matches, uh, four plus stars, and uh, the Walter Tyler Bate match. Five and a quarter stars. So uh, once again, he's kind of superseded his his five star uh, rating, uh, going to five and a quarters for that main event. Uh, but it was it was a cracking show from my perspective, and we'll be talking about a couple of the matches that are on the pre-show uh, that appeared on this week's NXT UK, of course, very very soon. Uh, what was your what was your thoughts on uh, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff, Dan? Yeah, I mean, again, we was we, we were struggling by this point, Jonas. By the time I got up, I'd managed to swing back from London and squeeze in a game of cricket. So I was really <laughs> tapping out. But um, I think the pressure was on. It'd been heaped on for the wrestling, the wrestling Republic had watched three shows in kind of two days. And um, could the NXT takeover kind of live up to all the hype? And yeah, absolutely. I thought the card was top to bottom. Uh, a couple of genuine shocks in, in kind of Kaylee Ray. I, I didn't think she was going to pinch the title from Tony Storm. Um, we had the kind of Cesaro, even it being kind of teased in the week, that was still a surprise to see Cesaro come out and tackle a uh, dragging off in a in a match we never know we needed. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see the potential there for Cesaro kind of let loose in the in the smaller kind of side of a promotion. Um, and Tyler Bate again, he's been kind of in the tag team match in there with Mustache Mountain, but for any of the guys who's followed progress over the years and saw the Bate Walter match at Wembley. Uh, last year, um, what a what a performance! And um, to carry that kind of uh, performance with Walter was a, a hell of a way for me to end the weekend. Yeah, it really was uh, an amazing match. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen it a few times uh, since returning back from Cardiff, and it, you know, just it's just as good every single time. But uh, uh, and I mentioned in a Facebook post following Takeover Cardiff that Tyler Bate has to be up there in the conversation of one of the best wrestlers in the world because the performance he put on on Saturday night. And I know that he was alongside Walter, uh, the ring general. So we, we know how good Walter is. And uh, he's uh, carrying so much gold at the moment with being the, the Progress Atlas Division world champion and NXT UK champion. Uh, so we know how good Walter is. But uh, Tyler Bate really uh, you know, proved his mettle on Saturday night. And um, yeah, the, the selling the recovery, the performance, uh, the fire that he showed was outstanding. So, uh, yeah, a, a real great cap off to a fantastic evening, in my opinion. Dan, thanks for all of that. Uh, let, let's crash straight into NXT UK from this week. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Piper Niven and uh, Rhea Ripley was one of the, the pre-show matches. So, I think early on, and I think uh, you may remember this from having been at the NXT UK TakeOver tapings at Download, this was um, initially thought as being possibly on the on the main takeover card itself this particular match uh they, they kind of had a, a bit of an ongoing feud now for several months uh and i believe if i'm not mistaken they actually had a match out download which piper niven uh won uh, against rhea ripley but um 
for some reason they've not had a huge amount of build to this match since then so they've not really been a prominent players on NXT UK TV for the last few weeks so that's possibly why it's been knocked down a couple of notches to the pre-show um so yeah um this was a fairly good match. This was the first match of the night in Cardiff. Um, and you may remember as Rhea Ripley came out, she kind of looked over her shoulder and, and scowled at somebody that obviously annoyed her. That was unfortunately me. Uh, I was shouting at Rhea Ripley. Um, I, I don't know if it was uh, good or bad, to be honest with you, but uh, she didn't take too kindly to it. Um, so Rhea Ripley got a tremendous ovation from the fans in Cardiff here. However, I'm not sure how it came across on TV, whether it came across as loud. Uh, there were definitely louder chants for Rhea Ripley compared to Piper Niven. Um, obviously, due to her look, her attitude and her star presence, it's no wonder that she's now being featured on NXT in a bit of a mini feud there with Shayna Baszler. Um, you did hear dueling chance uh, for for both competitors from the fans here to begin the match uh, piper misses a sent on which uh, ripley capitalizes on with several shoulder barges in the corner Rhea then goes for uh, goes to work on piper's back with a steiner recliner before applying an inverted clover leaf uh, with uh, piper somehow managing to reverse the hold into a knee bar submission Rhea then goes for a second Steiner recliner. This time Piper manages to power her way out to standing position, dropping her opponent down with full force. Piper connects with a cannibal senton, then a Vader bomb in the corner for a strong two count. Uh, Piper then is able to punch her way out of an attempted riptide followed uh, up with a running crossbody and she gets a two count of her own. Piper Niven then applies... Um, she appears to hoist Rhea Ripley up for her Michinoku driver, but Rhea goes over the top. She floats over the top of Piper, clubbing Piper, uh, clubbing her injured back from behind one final time before nailing her riptide pump handle slam for the pinfall victory. So this was a fine match uh, with Piper Niven, not quite showing us everything she's capable of. However, Rhea Ripley in this match um, definitely demonstrated that she is uh, a future star on the rise, especially on the black and gold brand, it might appear, possibly going up against Shayna Baszler in the coming weeks. And I think we'll talk more about that match fairly soon. Um, but it wasn't to be for Piper Niven on this occasion. And Dan, I'd love to know your thoughts on this match from Cardiff. Yeah. And, uh, we, we, you know, we all know that Rhea Ripley's star is definitely on the rise. Uh, she's definitely a, sh a star is going to shine very bright in the future, whether it be NXT UK, NXT or possible on the main roster. Uh, but what about Piper Niven? Um, she hasn't had the best of starts since joining the UK brand. Uh, but what say you about this match and about uh, the two individuals involved? Yeah, interesting. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, this, with... Um... Obviously, Piper Niven getting the early victory in the in the first kind of match at Download, which seems to have a lot more build-up and a lot more hype. Um, and I think we did discuss from a long way out, this was kind of like, this will be ring-fenced as a, as a big takeover Cardiff uh, ladies match on the card. Um, but I think Ripley uh, bouncing back and obviously we're setting the scene now for it to kind of take on Baszler as the next kind of credible contender there. Um, and Piper's been a bit stop-started for honest. Yeah, she's kind of had a win, had a loss, jumped into a bit of tag action with the candy flosses and the ginnies and the jazzy gabbets. Um, okay. Interesting to see how the character develops from there if she kind of is going to be the next titled contender for Kaylee Ray. Obviously, we know they've got a rich background in ICW and put on some uh, absolute hell of a matches before, so they can definitely work together. Um, and if Ripley kind of drifts into NXT full-time, we will see, but... Um, I thought she might have been part of the NXT triple threat, which is coming up, uh, I think it might be the week after next with uh, Belair and Mia Yim and uh, Io Shirai. So we'll, um, we'll see which uh, side of the fence she lands on. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, when she does face Shayna Baszler, which I think is taking place on next week's NXT. But uh, I've got it down in my notes here. I'm sure we'll get to it very shortly. Uh, but after this match, we then see Radzi in a backstage interview with the assistant to the GM, Sid Scala. And it, it, it is explained that Jack Gallagher uh, will not be fit to compete in his scheduled match against Cassius Ono in the main event of tonight's show. Just then, uh, Ono turns up and tells Sid uh, that uh, Sid is dropping the ball and that uh, he is going to go to the ring now and he'd better find him an opponent because he would hate for Sid to forfeit the main event of tonight's show. Then we see uh, Johnny Saint, the GM of NXT UK, of course, walks up to Sid and whispers something in his ear with Johnny telling uh, Radzi that Cassius Ona will have an opponent tonight. Um, so before that match, we then get uh, a video package highlighting Tiga Knox, who will be making her NXT UK debut on uh, next week's NXT UK. So um, Tiga Knox, uh, I don't know if you followed her on the uh, UK independent scene. Her UK indie name slips my mind, but uh, she was a stand-up performer on last year's WWE Mae Young Classic, of course. And it was during that tournament where she went out injured and she's been out for well over a year now. But obviously making her comeback, she has been uh, doing the rounds uh, on the Florida circuit for NXT. Uh, but it uh, looks like she could be a staple on NXT UK. But uh, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on Tegan Knox and uh, her being part of the very strong women's roster on the UK brand? Excellent. Yeah, it's a, uh, another interesting addition. And I think um, both the uh, women's divisions on the uh, both sides of the NXT Atlantic are, are starting to get very crowded now and very packed. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any movements up and any movements across to the Raws and Smackdowns from a few of the guys at the higher end. Um, and again, another one, Tegan Knox, is she going to be in the picture for uh, in there with the Ginnies and the Jazzy Gabbets and the Piper Nivens for a title shot? Mm. Well, I've got my suspicions, and only because of kind of how things played out on Saturday night, that uh, Tony Storm uh, may well have wrestled her last match for NXT UK and could be going up to NXT, especially with them going live on the USA Network. I think that uh, Tony Storm could be a, a new attraction there for the NXT audience. And I think she's ready made for the American audience, to be honest with you. Uh, if not, possibly move up to the main roster. But I do think that and it's just my opinion uh, that Tony Storm could be departing NXT UK to make way for possibly a Tegan Knox. But um, yeah, very interesting development there. And I can't wait to see what Tegan Knox can uh, deliver on the UK brand. And then we go to our main event of this week's NXT UK, Cassius Ono versus, well, uh, Cassius Ono makes his entrance. And at this stage, not knowing who his opponent might be just then. Sid Scala's music started up, so Sid marches down to the ring, ripping away his tie, his jacket, and his shirt sleeves. Um, and it looks as though Sid will be taking up the mantle of the much bigger wrestling genius Cassius Ono. So, from my vantage point in uh, in the arena, Dan, um, when Sid's music started, the fans didn't really understand why Sid's music was playing. We thought he was going to come out to make an announcement. And then he started marching down to the ring. And we thought, well, this is uh, Sid's moment. He's going to be in the match. Um, you know, we obviously weren't aware of the backstage uh, angle or the interview that took place between uh, himself, Radzi, Johnny Saint. Um, however, we soon figured out what was going on um, as Sid marched his way down to the ring and uh, that he was being inserted into this match to face Cassius Ono. And almost immediately, the fans started to get behind Sid. So uh, Sid managed to, he managed to break out of a wrist lock from Ono to start off with with a few uh, uh, tumble rolls around the ring. 
Sid then manages to avoid Ono's advances with a, a swing through the ropes going underneath Ono's legs, eventually getting a roll up on Ono from a for a close near fall. Um, ono then gets in an attack on Sid's left ankle before ripping Sid's. Uh, Sid's shirt clean off his body, sending buttons flying everywhere. Ono then steps on Sid's ankle, but Sid rolls through for another two counts. Uh, then as the two fight out on the ring apron, Sid drops Ono with a neck breaker across the turnbuckle. Sid then launches himself clean over the top turnbuckle, landing awkwardly onto Ono, uh, with Ono possibly getting the better of that move. Uh, certainly being the first to roll back into the ring anyway. Ono then nails uh, Sid with a, an outside dragon screw. Uh, on Sid's left ankle before the knockout artist ends the match with his rolling elbow for the one, two, three. So in the arena, Dan, the fans were firmly and audibly behind Sid Scala. The noise and support that Sid uh, got and gained during this match was definitely noticeable. And watching it back on TV, uh, it doesn't come across as loud, but the atmosphere for Sid and the, the kind of the real, you know, uh, you, you found there was a real underdog story being told here. Uh, but it wasn't to be on the evening. Uh, yeah, if this is the underdog babyface gimmick that Sid could be portraying going forward, I'm definitely uh, all in for this one. But uh, give us your thoughts on this match. Um, we haven't seen Sid in the ring on the TV for a long time. He's been the, the mouthpiece or the assistant to the general manager, of course, for quite a while now. But uh, quite an interesting match and an interesting dynamic and a story that they were telling between Ono and Sid Scala. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds interesting, John. And sounds like you had the classic kind of watching a TV taping arena experience, and, and then seeing a match come on with very little context set behind it. Um, yeah. But it did. It did have a um, yeah. It didn't quite come through on the TV. I guess the kind of noise of what you experienced in the in the arena there. But um, I guess quite a few of us were kind of like probably hoping and praying. Oh come on, we're going to have Cesaro. Cesaro going to come out, and we're going to have the kings of wrestling implode in the ring. Um, but yeah, interesting how that storyline goes with Sid, and um, I think we've got some good stacked heels in NXT UK now, with Ono being right up there, and obviously he wasn't considered uh, on the TakeOver card, so um, it'll be interesting to see where his career goes now, and if he kind of progresses to that uh, next level. Um, and where does Ono fit in in the kind of pantheon of Gallus and Imperium and British Strong Style? Or does he kind of, are we going to reunite with Cesaro? Are we going to have the Kings of Wrestling tackling uh, the grizzled young veterans at some point or the, the South, South Wales subculture. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, it sounds from all the reports that uh, Cesaro pleaded with Triple H to get him on a, a, a UK takeover show. Um, and uh, considering the, the reception of the reaction that Cesaro got at the Motor Point Arena on Saturday night, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Cesaro again. And like you say, it would be great to see if there is some sort of uh, confrontation or, or possibly teaming up, uh, re-teaming up partnership with uh, Cassius Ono, the former Kings of Wrestling, of course. But um, yeah, very interesting. And, I, and I'm really enjoying what they do with Cassius Ono on the UK brand as well, to be honest with you. Uh, they're definitely using him as, for all of his experience and his wrestling knowledge and his uh, heel persona. And I think he's delivering on all fronts. But uh, that pretty much wraps up the uh, NXT UK portion of the show. Um 
I know that they taped the next few weeks worth of NXT UK TV in Cardiff on the on the Sunday evening after takeover with the sub Wales uh, sorry the South Wales subculture in action defending their titles uh, as mentioned earlier we'll also have an, the NXT UK debut of Tegan Knox uh, and it looks as though we'll be seeing the introduction of what they're calling the British rounds as well which is essentially uh, a rounds based system very similar to what you may have seen on the the old kind of British wrestling circuit the world of sports matches uh, and for those of you that are watching WCW in kind of around 93-94 um, identical to the Marquis of Queensbury rules matches that we saw uh, featuring uh, a certain Lord Stephen Regal otherwise known as William Regal and Ric Flair and they were highly entertaining matches so I'm sure you can go out and see those on the WWE Network or possibly YouTube but uh, it sounds like they're doing uh, the, the, the British rounds gimmick uh, it sounds new, but it's kind of a rehash of uh, what us British wrestling fans uh, uh, were familiar with uh, 30, 40 years ago. Dan, I'm sure you weren't around 30 or 40 years ago, but what's your thoughts on uh, this new gimmick match? Yeah, this sounds uh, a little bit fun, doesn't it? A little bit of a throwback and a little bit old style, very retro. Yeah. Um, something, funnily enough, what the um, I like to give my local promotion, Breeding Sheffield, a shout out. Um, and they've done something similar with a kind of submission wrestling concept where they kind of remove the ropes from a ring um, and it's submission only. So, um, yeah, we'll see where this leads. Another twist and another kind of different arm to the NXT UK uh, brand. Definitely, yeah. And I suppose it's something to uh, maybe a unique gimmick match to the UK brand. So it'd be interesting to see where that goes. But uh, I think they've already taped um, one set of matches uh, for, for the British round. So we'll see where that goes in the coming weeks. Crashing straight into our NXT review then, Dan. So uh, now last week's NXT was one of the best, uh, most eventful and action-packed episodes of NXT I can remember seeing for a long, long time. Possibly ever. It really was stacked. Uh, the main event of this week's NXT, however, will feature Adam Cole defending his NXT championship against the winner of the breakout tournament, Jordan Miles, plus so much more. So um, let's get started. Let, let's crack on with the action. So our first match of the night was Breeze Ango, um, combination of Fandango and Tyler Breeze, of course, going up against Matt Martell and Chase Parker. Now, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the reimagined Breeze Ango here on NXT, to be honest with you, Dan. However, I can't help but think they should officially change their name to the Fashion Police. I think that will be a much better name for this tag team. Um, it just has a better ring to it, as far as I'm concerned. Here in this match, uh, Martell and Parker have apparently been tagging together for over 15 years, and they even got their own entrance prior to this match uh, Parker and Martel got in a small amount of offence until um, Tyler Breeze made the hot tag to Fandango Fandango drops a, a falcon arrow before pinning their unfortunate opponents with their fashion faux pas which was where Fandango slingshots himself into the ring with a clothesline to their opponent laying prone across Tyler Breeze's knees uh, so he hooks the legs gets a one two three so um Yep, yeah, a quick match to open us up with on this week's NXT. Uh, what's your thoughts on what went down in this opener then, Dan? Yeah, I mean, first off, John, let's talk about the music. The Brizango new feature yeah. was an absolute belter. A little bit of the uh, anti-fun police police sirens. And it was catchy. I was tapping along and uh, nearly grooving on the sofa. Yeah, I did um, enjoy that. Yeah. And, and their opponents, yeah, they had some good tunes as well. I thought it was a really solid match. I think... Brizango have found a, a real leash of life, right? they've found a real kind of verve in the NXT um, and they've already been put over strongly, we've seen to put the Forgotten Sons to bed and kind of won that little mini rivalry to get them started um, and I would not be surprised to see them come through as the kind of next challengers to the Undisputed Era's tag belts. 
um yeah great look great music great win yeah totally agree um then we get uh, uh we're about to cut to another match or what appears to be we're about to cut to another match and then we get some footage backstage of Io Shirai destroying Candice LeRae with several vicious looking kendo stick shots uh somewhere backstage further in their feud of course and then we get a video of Cameron Grimes uh, appearing to be massively displeased disappointed that he didn't win the breakout tournament despite impressing the hell out of everyone myself included um he said that uh, all he wanted was to go straight to the top and to contend for a championship the NXT championship but now he says he's back at the bottom and his goal is to get back to the top and to be the champion to be the champion to be the champion he repeated over and over uh, so this was a nice little video to get across more of Cameron Grimes's character and uh, this is something that NXT have always been very good at and they do very well I'm really digging his uh, his look as well I, I quite like his look with the, the leather waistcoat and the top hat I think it's a quite a good style for him especially so we know that he can wrestle he can definitely cut a great promo and now he has a, a standout look uh, Cameron Grimes is definitely going to the top as far as I'm concerned going to be a top star very very soon in my opinion uh, what's your thoughts on, on Cameron Grimes Dan? Yeah, interesting look, isn't he? A bit of a uh, kind of one of the smoking guns mixed with a little bit of Bray Wyatt and a bit of the Black Jack Mulligan in there. Yeah. We've not seen the old leather waistcoat for a while. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a little interesting promo. As you say, NXT do a great job of these little... Um, it's like the old kind of early 90s superstars of wrestling, the little vignettes they used to call them, the kind of little two-minute in, uh, intros and kind of glimpses into the characters of the wrestlers. So... Um, I'm sure all the guys from a breakout tournament are set for big things and um, I think I'm probably holding out and hoping to see where uh, Dexter Loomis comes next. Yeah, very interesting. He was another standout performer. Although he got uh, eliminated in, in the first round, I think it was against uh, the big guy Bronson Reed, but uh, that was an excellent match and I think uh, uh, Dexter Loomis certainly made a name for himself. Certainly from his, his entrance, his uh, demeanour, um, his very kind of menacing presence, um, yeah, certainly not one that you'd want to tangle with in a dark alley late at night, that's for sure. But uh, then we go straight into our next match, the Velveteen Dream versus Kona Reeves. Uh, we get the North Americans entrance first, followed by a re-energised Kona Reeves, who got a great reception from the fans at Full Sail in this non-title match. Uh, this match went back and forth for the first few minutes, with Reeves getting in some offence against Dream, appearing to have the champ reeling uh, with a, a slightly more intense and aggressive style uh, from the finest one here. However, it's not too long before Dream hits back with a, a top rope double axe handle, a couple of super kicks and a, a Dream Valley driver. And that's all it took for the Velveteen Dream to get the win here. Uh, but just as Dream was celebrating his victory, we see Roddy Strong on the video wall asking Dream if he is ready for a one-on-one -on -one experience with him. Roddy tells Dream that he loves the bright lights, uh, but he, does he have his attention now as the camera pulls back to show the Velveteen Dream's beloved couch on fire? courtesy of Roderick Strong. So, Dan, it was announced a couple of days ago that uh, Roderick Strong will, will do battle with, will go to battle with the Velveteen Dream in the very first live two-hour show on the USA Network in a couple of weeks' time, giving Roderick Strong the opportunity to fulfil the Undisputed Prophecy and have uh, the Undisputed Era having all the gold. Uh, but give us your thoughts on, on this match and kind of the, the little angle that took place afterwards. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a solid match to kind of build up the anticipation for the first um, NXT live show on the old USA Network there. Um, and we know Roddy and, uh, and Velveteen are going to tear that down and we've got the whole added extra dynamic now of the Undisputed Era kind of going for all the gold and going for the full house. Only the Velveteen Dreams kind of standing strong there and, uh, and clinging on to that North American title. 
Um, solid match, but Kona Reeves is kind of, uh, he's a bit of a kind of bumped up jobber almost for NXT. <laughs> he always yep. seems to get the roll over to whether it be Ono or Kushida and now Velveteen Dream. Um, but clearly the, uh, the crowd are behind him and the audience like him. And, and you forget what a big guy he is. He's a massive guy and he kind of almost kind of stacked up bigger than the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, he's good um, six foot three, six foot four, I think. So he's a big guy, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, excited to see the Roddy Strong and like, there's nothing more you can do to a wind up a man than set fire to his couch. <laughs> slap. So the Velveteen yeah. is going to be furious. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. That one's going to take place on the first uh, two-hour live show on uh, the USA Network, of course, and that should be a uh, pretty good show. So, uh, like I say, just a couple of weeks after, they're going to be going head-to-head with AEW's new Wednesday Night Dynamite. So, uh, yeah, Wednesdays are going to be pretty packed for wrestling fans. It's then announced... um, after last week's confrontation between Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley, that they will be going up against one one another on next week's NXT, as a matter of fact. And uh, for many fans, this could be considered a bit of a dream match, certainly a fresh matchup for both Shayna and Rhea, giving us a bit of NXT UK, NXT crossover. Uh, personally, I think that uh, Rhea Ripley could be more of a mainstay on the uh, black and gold brand going forward. Uh, but this should, you know, give us a, a bit of a, a glimpse into... Uh, where Rhea Ripley's future lies ahead, whether whether it's uh, going to be on the on the NXT brand or not. Um, but uh, that's uh, another match I'm looking forward to. Dan, what about yourself? Yeah, I think that's going to be an absolute cork. I think we're all pretty fresh and ready for Baszler seems to be just kind of ripping through the women's division on there. And we've been through Yim, we've been through Belair, we've been through Shirai. So let's see if the best of the UK can uh, offer some stiffer opposition. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting, though, because uh, Rhea Ripley is traditionally a, a heel, so it will be a kind of a heel versus heel uh, match, although she was received as a bit of a baby face in front of the full sale crowd when she made her surprise entrance last week. So uh, uh, maybe that's maybe that's it for her. Maybe in NXT she's going to be more of a baby face. I think she's the one that is possibly going to be cheered uh, during that match, but we shall have to see. But moving on to our next match, Dan, it was Bianca Belair versus Tainara Conte. So the first thing that I thought when I was watching this match was how we haven't seen Bianca Belair in what seems like months. Uh, that was my first kind of thought. Uh, but also how Belair's shine has definitely faded since her matches against Shayna Baszler for the NXT Championship from earlier on in the year. So maybe those defeats kind of um, hurt her confidence or her character. But for some reason, we haven't seen her around for a little bit. And it's kind of she's faded to the back of our memories um, before this match anyway. So don't get me wrong. I, I still think she's uh, got an amazing future in the uh, WWE as a whole. But a push has almost uh, disappeared uh, before this episode, with the focus being more on the Bazers and the Candice LeRae's, Mia Yims and Io Shirai's of the world. Um, in this match, however, uh, we saw Tainara. She did get in some offense. Uh, I really enjoyed the armbar on the ropes uh, that she performed on Belair. However, Belair struck back with a, a fall away slam on the outside. Belair then shows some fire. Uh, with a handspring moonsault, a stiff running forearm. Then Belair hits a KOD Falcon Arrow for the one, two, three. So, Dan, what were your thoughts on this match? And did her comeback towards the end remind us of the old, more dominant Bianca Belair? Yeah, again, she's kind of been um, a little bit put to the side. She had her two takeover epics versus Baszler. And then yeah. with refresh rings and bought in a little bit of new talent there. Um, but good to kind of build up Tanara Conte as well. It was the kind of classic what NXT gets right so often is uh, even in a defeat and a loss, it kind of still builds the character of the, of the wrestler on the losing side. Um, 
and we'll see if we get Belair back bigger and stronger. Can she get past Yumin Shirai and have a third crack at Baszler on a takeover? Yeah, good point, good point. Uh, we then talked that Johnny Gargano will be back on next week's NXT where he'll be addressing his future on the black and gold brand. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, where, what would you like to see happen to Johnny Gargano? Has he got anything more to prove on the NXT brand? Should he be moved upwards to uh, the main roster, dare I say, where he did have a, a, a brief spell earlier on this year alongside Tommaso Ciampa before Ciampa's injury. And then we kind of didn't see uh, Gargano on the main roster after that. But um, Johnny Gargano for you, um, I don't think he's got anything more to prove on NXT or or does he? What's your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think he probably would be fit and ripe to move up to the the main roster would be your natural selection there. But with um, NXT now going live on TV, I think we'll be holding him back. Um, How far away Ciampa is from a return... We don't really know. We're led to believe he's not far away, Chomper, for making a big return. So um, you've got to have half an eye on war games and the likely teams to go into there. So are we going to see a DIY-led coalition taking on the Undisputed Era? You would probably think so. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we'll be back in the title picture. I think we've probably had enough of uh, Gargano, Colbert. We've had a, a best of three as it was. Uh, which has been nicely put to bed. So um, maybe Gargano chases a different title, whether he comes out with Chomper for the tag belts or he's in Chomper's corner or he goes after the North American title. Let's see. Mm, very interesting. We'll find out more in next week's episode to see what Johnny Gargano has to say about his future. Uh, personally, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a different environment. Um, I know people are going to, shoot me down for this but uh, i think he could be could be a figurehead for a 205 live and really make that brand uh, more popular than it is now i think they do need some some bigger names on that brand to really elevate 205 live as a serious um proposition going forward um i have heard that uh, they're looking to possibly amalgamate the 205 talent with the with the smackdown live talent uh when when that changes uh, to fox on friday nights from october so uh potentially if that were to happen Johnny Gargano could be in, in a bigger spotlight on the Smackdown slash 205 live uh, brand but uh, that's all speculation of course but I would like to see Johnny Gargano prove himself on a different environment but of course my fear is the same as everybody's fear is uh, will he be utilised will he be used properly uh, with his, his size obviously being a, a factor there in the land of the Giants um, but uh, yeah if, he, if he's given an opportunity we know that Johnny Gargano will shine wherever he goes but uh, failing that I'm more than happy to see him um, forever on the NXT brand. But like I say, he could be another good uh, good figurehead and uh, a good, a big name to uh, kickstart the, the two-hour live shows on the USA Network in a couple of weeks' time. But then it's announced from uh, William Regal, uh, an announcement from William Regal to tell us that there will be a triple threat match, as Dan alluded to earlier on, to determine the new number one contender for the Women's Championship, pitting Mia Yim, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai. So we spoke about uh, Bianca Belair earlier on after her match with Tonara Conte, uh, but this should be a great match, this triple threat. Personally, I'd love to see Io win it. Uh, she's definitely hot at the moment on a bit of a winning streak, on a bit of a hot streak, and it'd be great to see a heel Io versus Shayna possibly at the next takeover, which will be war games. But uh, what's your thoughts on this triple threat, which we will be experiencing next week between Belair, Shirai and Yim to see who faces or who's going to be the next number one contender to the women's championship? Yeah, um, I'll just quickly touch my early point you made there, John, is about possibly 205 being a bit of a, 
an addition to SmackDown, a bit like the Cruiserweights were to Nitro back in the uh, the good old WCW days. Yeah. Um, and I'll float out there. We could have a Gargano Daniel Bryan 205 Live rivalry. That would uh, that be would, sweet. That would be sweet. Um, but onto the triple threat next week. Um, I think Shirai is the one coming into this with the momentum. We've had the change in look, the demeanor, the the music, and the lighting. She's got the whole kind of set up now to be this big heel character. Um, and I think it would be a good kind of movement from having two kind of face losses against Baszler to see if the heel Shirai can um, take on this added new uh, demeanor and uh, give Baszler the full run. Um, although Yim and Bianca are certainly not buried by uh, any extent. No, no, it's going to be a really interesting match and to see who they favor at the end of that. But um yeah, it certainly uh, shake things up if EO did win the match and goes on to contend for uh, Shayna Baszler's uh, title. Um, then we're on to our main event of this week's NXT. And of course, it's the winner of the NXT breakout tournament, Jordan Miles. He opted to challenge uh, for the NXT championship, uh, reigning champion Adam Cole, of course. So the uh, more experience of Adam Cole pays off early in this match, Dan, as, uh, as Cole avoids a soccer kick on the apron from Miles before pulling Miles down to the ground, then smashing his opponent face first into the ring post. Uh, Cole then demonstrates his, his vicious streak, launching Miles hard into the turnbuckle and then the ring ring ropes to great effect. Miles gets a, a two count from a bridging German suplex. Miles then gets another two count from a, a Yakuza kick and a backstabber. Uh, sorry, that was Cole that got a two count from the backstabber there. Miles then gets a, a two count. Uh, I'll start again. Miles gets kicked out of the sky with a super kick from the champ before Cole gets another two count from an Ushi Giroshi. Uh, he's put many opponents away with that move. Miles then demonstrates his high-flying ability with a stunning dive through the ropes onto Cole on the outside, followed by a frog splash for a very close near fall for the breakout tournament winner. However, Miles goes for uh, one move too many, it would appear, crashing and burning off of a 450 splash. Cole wastes no time connecting with two very wicked uh, super kicks. Then his shining wizard uh, hooks the leg and gets the pin for victory to retain his championship. So um, I love this match. Definitely the highlight of the show as far as I was concerned uh, between these two great wrestlers. They really seem to have some fantastic chemistry. I mean, the match only went 10 minutes, but they really clicked uh, in the ring together. Um, Cole proves once again that he is a fighter champion uh, but Jordan Miles definitely made a name for himself in this match with plenty to look forward to from the former ACH in the future so give us your thoughts on this uh, very entertaining uh, main event for the NXT championship with Jordan Miles just falling short um, with uh, Adam Cole retaining yeah painted a great picture didn't it it was a real good uh, again we kind of alluded to this earlier how what we probably really like about NXT is that even in a loss a character gains a lot and this was certainly the case with Kind of, even though he's 13 years in and experience, and we know him as ACH from the Indies, uh, Jordan Miles presented as the young upstart here, um, and he nearly did it. He had some, he had some, he had some chances. He created some uh, offense. Yeah. Um, but Cole ultimately comes through again, protecting Cole, who's been on this worldwide tour defending the championship, um, and it keeps the uh, Cole in a strong position. And Miles will certainly be uh, none the worse for uh, for a narrow loss. Yeah, definitely the highlight of this week's NXT. Um, and like you say, it was a bit of a star-making performance for uh, Jordan Miles. I know that he had a fantastic tournament uh, in the breakout tournament and had the the, the final match. The, the highlight of that uh, tournament was um, just ahead of uh, the last takeover in Toronto uh, when he uh, beat 
Cameron Grimes, of course, in the final there, and that was an excellent match in itself. Uh, but this was definitely a star-making performance, as you said. There's been a um, you know, couple of matches where the loser in this week's NXT um, certainly looked uh, um, better off than they did before. So uh, it, it's indicative of NXT and being able to make stars, whether they win or lose in these matches. But uh, yeah, so this was nowhere near as eventful as the bar bur- barn burner of last week's episode. However, we did get to see Bianca Belair do her thing in the ring um, after weeks of being off screen, a rather um, ordinary outing from the Velveteen Dream designed to further his feud uh, with Roddy Strong. And like I say, the, the ultimate payback is setting a bloke's couch on fire. Um, if, if anybody did that to mine, I would not be a happy man, Dan. Uh, and then, of course, uh, capped You're... off with this excellent main event between Adam Cole and Jordan Miles. But uh, yeah, a, a, a fun couple of shows there, NXT and NXT UK. Uh, any final words about this week's NXT, Dan? Um now I think we've kind of summed things up quite nicely, haven't we? It was a, um, a very short, sharp blast on the UK scene with uh, just a kind of 35 minutes. Um, I guess we've had to squeeze a lot of content out of the Sunday night in Cardiff the night after TakeOver, but we yeah. can look forward to the Grizzled Young Veterans rematch with uh, the South uh, Wales subculture chaps. Um, and NXT, we are building and we are holding a little bit back for the big debut on the USA Network. Um, but we've definitely got the whole undisputed era dynamic. The women's uh, division is becoming stacked up again and bring on more Breezango. There we go. There we go. No, I totally agree. Really enjoyed uh, Breezango earlier on, but uh, uh, there we go. So, Dan, I want to thank you so much for helping us out with this week's episode of uh, the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Like I say, uh, you helped us to cover uh, Rev Pros, Summer Sizzler, New Japan's Royal Quest, and a bit of NXT and NXT UK. So thank you, my friend. I uh, uh, hope you've uh, enjoyed helping us out with this week's episode. Just before we say goodbye, uh, where can the listeners reach out to you on social media if they want to get in touch with you on, on Twitter, or on Facebook, on Instagram? Where can they come and say hi? Um, so let me have a little think, John. Is, uh, Instagram's good. I'm just nice and easy. Cheeky down 182. Obviously a big blink 182 fan in my day. Um, I'm in the Wrestling with Jonas Facebook group, so reach out to me in there, you can tag me in there and say hello. Um, yeah, that's well, where you'll your Twitter, find me. Your, your Twitter's a bit more complicated, so I think we'll, uh, we'll yeah, just involved uh... <laughs> Twitter. That's had to go after after some uh, grilling on tipping point. No, that, that, that's but. Uh... There we go. So um, thank you once again for helping out. We'd love to get you back on a future episode, Dan. But uh, yeah, thanks again, buddy. No problem, John. It's always good to hear from you, pal. And, Excellent. Um, I'll give you a shout when I'm down in Bristol. We'll go get an attack show or uh, get down for a Dragon Gate show. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that's all from uh, this week's uh, Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK updates. And uh, if you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, please don't forget to spread the word. Um, hit like, hit subscribe, tell your friends and tell your family. And let's get even more people listening to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. We'll be back again in a week's time. So next Friday, uh, where we'll be covering the usual NXT and NXT UK. And next week will be our WWE Clash of Champions 
pay-per-view previews for our predictions episode going into uh, next weekend's uh, pay-per-view as if we haven't had enough big shows in the last couple of weeks we've got another one from the WWE uh, coming up in a couple of Sundays time so um, I'll have a, a new guest host joining us for that episode another Facebook friend of ours uh, Jason Lee Wood will be joining us for our, our his podcast debut and helping us um, for uh, covering those shows on next week's episode uh, but that's everything from me and everything from Dan so thank you once again for listening uh have a great weekend and uh, speak to you all soon